This is The Dark Ride with Mr. Dark. Hello, hello, hello. Once again, my friends, it's time for episode four, and you know what that means. Sit firmly back in your seats, relax as the lap bar lowers itself into position, and don't mind those extra restraints. You see, they're necessary this week because this time anything goes on this The Dark Ride. As always, I'll be your guide, the man with the voice of Mithril, Mr. Dark. But don't worry, we won't be headed into the West just yet. Although we will absolutely be going into uncharted territory, so hold on tight. That's right, this week is the very first Anything Goes episode, and so I'd like to give a little refresher for those of you that might not have listened to the introductory episode. Shame on you for not doing your homework. The Anything Goes week exists as an outlet for... Well, just what it sounds like. Anything that doesn't fit into the other three weeks of the dark ride. Politics, entertainment, and the weird are fairly tight little containers, so some things just don't fit in the boxes. This is where all the other ephemera floating around the chaos that is my mind will come spilling out for your examination and entertainment each month. Here you'll find stories, both fact and fiction, humor and pathos, the logical and the absurd. In my often strange life, I've collected many experiences and tales, both tall and not so much, so I'll use this outlet to collect them for the future and share them with the world. From my 25 years working a desk job, to my current grindstone as a rideshare driver, to my long days in the entertainment industry, and my interesting personal life, I hope to have much to share. I'll also be making up some random crap that amuses me, and you'll just have to listen to it whether you like it or not. All buckled in? No, no, don't don't struggle. The straps are designed to get tighter when you do. Don't want anyone losing any feeling in any extremities. Away we go! Her name was Shelby, and she was extremely cool. She slid in my back seat and said, What's up, Buttercup? Both the motion and the phrase were effortless and natural, like they were meant to be there, and neither is easy to pull off in a Target parking lot in a 2014 Honda. I noticed she had a black plastic shopping bag, and it struck me that Target didn't use those, but I didn't have time to process that. I told her it'd just be three minutes. She said, It'll take you longer just to escape Target. She was right. Three minutes later, after escaping Target, we were there. A Tex-Mex restaurant of no renown. She wanted to be dropped off to the side, out of sight of the main doors. No idea why, but somehow that was cool too. She slipped me three dollars, cash. Three bills, folded individually in a little fan shape. One for every minute of the ride. That's for you. I told her, thank you very much, I appreciate it. And I, you. And she was gone. Her name was Shelby, and she was extremely cool. Celestial Court will now come to order. First case, 
accused of coveting his neighbor's wife in the first degree and lost in the second degree, the court calls Mr. Harvey Brinkman. Yes, Your Honor, if it pleases the court, I'm Mr. Brinkman's attorney, Bill Jenkins. I'll be representing Mr. Brinkman in this matter. Proceed. Very well. Uh, Your Honor and um, other uh, uh, members of the court, what we have here is a clear case of misrepresentation. Mr. Brinkman went outside his home into his backyard to water his lawn and witnessed the partner of his neighbor, Miss um, Messerman, laying outside beside their pool. I call her Miss because we challenge that they are even married, which calls into question the first charge entirely. Can one, in fact, covet thy neighbor's wife when thy neighbor is only living in sin with the lady in question? Mr. Jenkins, this court admonishes you not to try his patience by trifling with technicalities. Fair enough, fair enough, your holiness, honorness, sir. My client claims that he was simply minding his own business when the woman in question, Miss Messer Schmidtman, Miss Schmidtman, was laid out before him in little but that which you yourself blessed her with upon her birth, and was surprised, shocked even. It was in this stunned state that he proceeded to stare upon her for a non-specified length of time, not in a state of covetousness, but in a state of dismay, dismay, at her near nudeness. There was no lust or covetousnessing at all. Your <clears throat> honor, as the accuser in this case, I've remained silent as long as I can. This case is open and shut. Our <laughs> shocked defendant was openly drooling during this period of staring that lasted, uh, let me check my notes here, 4.73 minutes. Stunned! He was stunned! Such as his state of stunnedness was that, yes, his jaw went slack, and actual saliva did droop, drip, drooping from his mouth. This is evidence of my client's innocent, not guilt. <clears throat> yes, well, your client was not so stunned that he was incapable of thought. We have the transcripts of his internal monologue right here. Let's see. And I quote, Woe, Mama, Lardy Almighty, I'd like to carve me off a chunk of that. I just hope she rolls over. Come on, baby, show daddy what... Your Honor, I object! On what grounds? On, um, the... the, uh, grounds that my client's thoughts are privileged information that may help convict, um, him? Overruled. Hey... Look, you'd have wanted her too, man. Harvey Brinkman was found guilty of first degree coveting his neighbor's whatever she was, second degree lust, and an additional charge of being a grade-A creep. Attorney Jenkins was smote as a matter of principle and is now a small red grease stain on the ground. The accuser returned from whence he came and created several more reality shows for Netflix based on good-looking young people cheating on each other. They say that gifted kids have it rough because you grow up with all these expectations on you, then the world hits and it's impossible to meet the expectations because they were never realistic. I look back on my childhood and realize, you know what? 
I think I hit what I wanted to be pretty damn well based on my childhood hero. What am I? I drive for hire. My car's not great. She's a little old. But I take good care of her. And you can absolutely rely on her in a pinch. She's got a lot more speed than she looks, and her cargo area is much larger than you'd expect. Even has plenty of room for passengers up front. Solid fuel economy, so she's got reliable range for long hauls without refueling. I use the latest software to plot the fastest routes, even when things get choppy. If you're looking to avoid entanglements with authorities, I've got you covered there too. My code even detects and avoids them. Last thing I need is run-ins with troopers. A couple of those and it'll ruin my reputation. Have a special run? For a little extra on the back end, I can shave some time off your ETA or haul some extra cargo. I don't need to know what you're carrying or where it's going. Just make sure your credits are good. Want a return trip off the books? Yeah, I do that sometimes. What are you offering? It's risky, so keep it quiet or we never met. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm the best pilot in the sector. Top rated. Ask anybody. There's no job I can't complete faster, cleaner, and with great customer service, if you know what I mean. So if you want me, throw up a beacon, kid. If you get lucky, I just might pick you up. Just remember, I make the deals. Hey, it's Mr. Dark here to tell you about a health revolution that will absolutely change your life. I know, I know, you've heard it all before. The sales pitches, the snake oil, the promises, but I'm here to tell you this is all new and it is guaranteed to work 100%. I'm serious, this plan works 100% of the time for 100% of the people who follow through. I've spent 25 years working desk jobs. I had terrible stress, a sedentary lifestyle, out of control weight management, and just awful health. I had a couple of major health issues that were so bad I was expecting to have to seek professional help for them and maybe even have surgery. Then I discovered this life-changing system that not only made those issues go away, it helped them stay away and for good. I left the industry I was in and after a few weeks my issues just started to fade. What I didn't realize was that for years I had been exposed to a very dangerous substance that was everywhere in my work environment. It is almost definitely in yours. It could be in your home, your gym, anywhere. Unless and until you remove exposure to this toxic substance, you too could have the same kind of out of control health issues I suffer. I'm here to offer you the same program that helped me for no money down. You see friends, I was suffering from chronic exposure to stupid. At my job throughout my career, I was being exposed to massive amounts of stupid day in, day out, even on weekends. There is no test to find out if you're allergic to stupid. The only way to be sure is to remove it from your life. Carbs? Eat all you want. Craft beer? Drink up. Gluten? Suck that stuff down all day, cowboy. Zero dietary restrictions. In fact, if someone is telling you to cut down on gluten because it's a good way to lose weight, they are a source of stupid. It's a good way to identify them. Now I know what you're saying, but Dark, there's just so much stupid in my world. How can I be rid of it? This is where willpower and hard work come in. It's not easy. But if you can remove all the sources of stupid from your life, you too can find the well-being physically and mentally that I have. 
and there's no monthly cost, no down payments. Just a one-time fee of telling a few completely awful and stupid people to go find a lovely tree and piss off over there all day long. That's all it takes. So please, join me now in the stupid free lifestyle and come to know true health and fitness. So back in the day, you know, we didn't have all these silly diets. All these kids today, they've got the gluten and the, and, and the keto. I knew a guy named Keto once. He was, speaking of which, he was fairly stupid. Maybe that's why everybody's avoiding keto now. If it's this guy named Keto, kind of bushy red hair, that's a good idea, but I digress. No, they got the keto diet and the paleo diet. Now that, we were all on the paleo diet because it was the paleo era. And that's kind of all we had. But, you know, we didn't need any of that. We got fit by avoiding the saber tooths. You know, we would go out and we'd try to be enjoying our day. You know, hey, we're just going to go gather some grubs and some of the plants that don't kill us when we eat them. And the next thing you know, oh boy, here comes the saber tooths and we'd have to go run for a while until one of the slower members of the tribe would get eaten. And that would delay the saber tooth long enough for us to, to get away. You know, and therefore we were all very fit. The, now, you know, now, now that I think about it, the fact that we were only eating grubs and the plants that didn't kill us could have something to do with that too. Because, you know, until we invented fire, eating meat was really unpleasant. It was very, very squishy. And it didn't taste very good. And often killed us. It was also kind of a downer. And I and I mean after it was dead, it would kill us. Before it was dead, it would kill us too. You know, it would eat us and then we would eat it. It was all very ironic. But no, we, we just, we didn't have a lot of fad diets. Well, okay, there was this one guy, Ponto. Ponto had a fad diet once. He told everybody, just eat the bark off this certain tree. And he had two or three people who fell for it. They all went out with Ponto, and they were gnawing on the bark off this certain tree. And it didn't taste good. And they didn't really lose any weight. They did lose a lot of teeth, because it was very stiff bark. And, and it didn't work out for Ponto, because it turned out he just really wanted the bark off this tree so he could carve a canoe. Um, so it was, as always, with these fat diets, it was a scam. And uh, the nice thing is, though, they buried Ponto in the canoe, you know, because they beat, they just beat the living crap out of him, and after they found out, he just wanted the, you know, after he just wanted the the, the tree knocked down and, and the bark stripped off for the canoe, uh, so, you know, that, that was the end of him, and rightly so, because he was kind of a jerk, uh, you know, so that, that was the end of him, uh, and so they buried him in the canoe uh, that he built after, after they stripped the bark off, um, the, the funeral didn't go well, though. Sabretooth showed up, as you might have guessed, and ate about half of his family before the rest of us got away. Um, but, you know, I really think the message here, then, is avoid keto. Uh, the guy, not, 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 not the diet. Coke Zero. In 2005, we released Coke Zero, which quickly became a top-selling diet soft drink. 
Folks just like you came to love a flavor that wasn't far off from original Coke, unlike the very unique battery acid flavor of Diet Coke that we've somehow convinced billions of young women is a good thing. For 12 years, you adored Coke Zero and bought it like wildfire, so we decided the best thing we could do would be to jack with it. We changed the flavor, we changed the label, we changed the name, we changed everything. We made it as difficult to find and love as possible. But God bless you bunch of simpletons, you still did. The backlash was immediate, and you made it completely clear that you didn't like a single one of our changes. You even compared the change to the new Coke debacle. <laughs> You'd think we'd have learned our lesson. But you know what? After five long years, we listened. There's nobody we love more than our customers. We have heard your cries. So in 2021, we jacked with it again. That's right, we took the formula so far away from original Coke that it barely even tastes like a cola anymore. Now it's some kind of brown yet fruity swill that you wouldn't use to kill slugs on a sidewalk. And because we respect you, our customers, so very, very much, we've obliterated the previous two formulas entirely. This is your option now. You better learn to like it or it's back to the battery acid with all the Diet Coke drinking automatons. And Diet Pepsi? Come on, are you serious right now? Even Pepsi employees don't drink that stuff unless they screw up and are forced to by their bosses. We did throw you one little bone, however. We've recently released Coke Zero Starlight, a limited edition version of the drink that we say is space flavored, but actually tastes kind of like chocolate birthday cake, because screw you, that's why. Coke Zero, you keep drinking it, we'll keep jacking with it. And now, friends, I bring you a very, very special guest. Author, researcher, documentarian, rock star, Lyle Blackburn, here to bring you a special message about, well, I'll just let Lyle tell you. It's said that desperate times call for drastic measures. That might be true. I know that there are times when a man has to do things, take chances, that they otherwise would never consider. Step out into the line of fire and risk it all. It's nothing you want to do. Lay it all on the line. Sometimes it just has to be done. No matter the risk. No matter the odds. I'm there now in one of those moments, staring into that darkness, into that abyss, trying hard not to think about what might be looking back at me, waiting for me to step inside. But I've got to, no second chances. It's time, I'm going into Walmart. Friends and neighbors, listeners and enemies all, please keep your arms, legs, and other extremities inside the vehicle until it comes to a full and complete stop, because that's it. 
We've completed the Grand Circle Tour of the Dark Ride, one full month of episodes, four in all, four different themes. Please exit through the gift shop, which, yes, is admittedly empty. I'll get that stocked in due time. Till then, I do ask that you come back next week and join us for another go on the Dark Ride when we'll start all over again with another politics episode. I'll also start making some capital improvements about the place now that we've completed the ride itself, such as show-specific social media, promotional efforts, so more than 15 of you will tune in, and so much more. A good carnival and pandemonium can't just consist of a single attraction, now can it? For now, I've got to extend an extremely heartfelt special thanks to Lyle Blackburn for lending his sizable vocal talents to this episode. You can find his work over on lyleblackburn.com, including his own wonderful podcast, Monstro Bizarro, his tour dates, music from his incredible band, Ghoul Town, and tons of amazing merch, all of which you should purchase right damn now. You will not regret it. The man is a living legend. Go grab a piece of it and claim it as your own. His hot sauce is delicious, by the way. Till next week, dear listeners, I bid you farewell. As always, remember, hold each other tight. Make sure your seatbelts are fastened, because life is a dark ride. Special credit. All background music and sound effects are thanks to the wonderful artists over at Pixabay. All licenses are on hand. These are the credits. Don't skip them. These people are important. All content written, produced, recorded, and otherwise the responsibility of Justin Dark for This is a Dark Production Company. All rights reserved, 2022. Podcast logo courtesy of Evangelist 7. Thanks, Jimmy. Production company logo and artwork courtesy of Designs That Kill. Thanks, Laura and Tyler. Contact us at darkproductionco at gmail.com or on Twitter or Facebook at darkprodco. That's D-A-R-K-P-R-O-D-C-O. Darkprodco. You get it. Contact us there. This is a dark podcast excuse me you're done we're no nobody thinks you're funny Sabretooth guy nobody well now that's just rude i know you're younger than me but that's just entire i think that's uncalled for what nobody thinks you're funny there have been like three 10 year olds that i've run into that think you're funny nobody else thinks you're funny i i don't I mean, I don't particularly care. I don't live to amuse you. It's not my fault that I'm extremely elderly, you know, people say back in the day, and then I show up. How is that my problem? I don't look. Uh, you're my problem. That's all I know. Uh, and you, you're done. Go away. You're not funny. People don't like you. Well, I never. I, I'm, just, I'm very, that's hurtful. It's very, very hurtful. I don't. I don't care. They don't. They don't think you're funny. Well, I, you know, I'll, maybe I'll practice. I don't know. I do know one thing. I don't want to go outside. It's hot. And I'll have to run away from saber. There's no more saber tooth. There's no more saber. Just go away. Please go away.